0: I see some crazy things on some of my job sites. This week, though, I got to see, you know, how God will multiply things, you know. The loaves and the fish, uh, you know, that's just a great example. of Well, my job site, I'm a stonemason, so we had to cobble this, this fireplace together, and we got to the end of the job. I had 80 square foot to go, and I had 60 square foot of stone. You know, so we picked up a little bit of extra stone. The stuff came from Montana, so it wasn't like I was going to drive to Montana to go get more. One of my suppliers happened to have like maybe 10 square foot more. So I was still like 10 square foot short. I knew it was going to happen that I was, I just, I'm like, Lord, you just got to do something. Finished the job out. I had about eight square foot left ever, about that. There is no way that I had enough stone to do this job. But I did. (laughs) So that's what he's going to do for our offering, you know. Um, He multiplies that. He sends it out, you know. I pray for discernment in where we send it. Um, I pray that God would open up your hearts to give whatever you're supposed to give. Um, not a percentage. Just whatever he leads you to give. I pray that, you know, his blessing will be upon it. And it more importantly, as it goes out, that blessing will be upon whoever receives it. I pray that the love and the joy that you guys give today is the love and joy and peace that people receive. I pray that um, just the words that are spoken here today, the meditations of my heart, Lord, would be Holy Spirit-driven, and it would be all you coming out of me. Lord, I just ask that you bless the service, you bless our offering, and we stand on Christ's name that you'll do these things. In Jesus' name, amen. So how are you guys doing today? Everybody Good. I am good. Like my buddy Barry says, I'm blessed and highly favored. Because that's what we're going to talk about today. So, that's good stuff, too. Um, I wanted to recap a little bit from last week. This is my first time I've been able to preach two weeks in a row. So, that's kind of exciting for me. Kind of scary, too. You know, usually I can wait for like a couple weeks. And uh, I know, I guess this doesn't really tighten down. um, That God's going to give me something. But for the last month, He's been giving me plenty. So, I have... Lots to talk about. So we got to get cracking with this or else we're not going to finish. But then I'll be here next week. Where's Pat? <laughs> Pat's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So uh, remember Mark 12, 28 through 30? We talked about, um, you know, Jesus is preaching. Uh, and as he's preaching, you know, one of this, the uh, religious scholars quizzes him. You know, they're always trying to find a fault in what he's going to say. And he asked him, what's the most important commandment? And then Jesus replied, the most important one is that the Lord our God is the one and only God. And that we're to love him with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Uh, and if you recall, um, I also talked about the message, how it said, passion, power, intelligence, and, and strength, um, or energy. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of an all-encompassing Statement right there. And and I think it's really important because it's a foundational one. Because if you can always fall back on where your heart, where your mind is, where your strength is. I like the energy part of the message because that's where all your, I mean, people that uh, like to play any type of sport or or photography or whatever, you know, when your energy is focused at that thing, you know, it's amazing what can come out of it. So that's a great foundational scripture for it. I think it's also a, a lifelong pursuit. You know, it's something that you can always come back to, kind of like a boomerang. Um, but it can also have a dramatic effect on your walk throughout your life with Christ. Um, you know, Beck and I were having a conversation earlier and we were talking about, you know, sometimes you get into situations with uh, other Christians, you know, and they, they seem so much more knowledgeable about the Bible, you know, about the scriptures that they can quote, um, But how many of you guys know that if you know 10 verses really well, 20 verses really, whatever it is, and you are the epitome of Christ, you know, you're walking as Christ would, that that's so much more powerful than somebody that knows all of it, that can recite all of it. But because their heart, their passion isn't in it, you know, I think it falls on deaf ears. Um, and I think that's the case with, with certain scriptures like this, you know, ones that you can kind of lock into your memory and then go back to. Um, I also think it's a ba- it's like a check and balance. Roger will appreciate this because of teaching government. You know, you have checks and balances all through your lives. And I think if you can keep those four things in line, it makes everything else so much easier. Um, because all if you can keep those four things in line, your relationships, uh, your spirituality, um, you know, I mean, just little things, financial, just all that parenting, all that stuff will come into into perfect harmony, into God's harmony. Um, I also think uh, it's a great building block uh, to seeing God's favor in your life. And that's what I want to talk about today is, is what that really looks like. Um, I think if, if we... Honest, and we look around, we can see our see the favor that God's given us. You know, whether it's in our spouse, in our job, um, whether it's uh, you know in a passion uh, that we pursue, uh, whether it's a hobby, um, whether it's spiritual being, uh, you know, the supernatural. You know, you can see the God God's favor in your life. Um, but what I want to look at is this. I want to I want to know this. I want to know if He desires us to have favor then how can we maximize the favor that God has on our life so you know as I was meditating over this you know the last three or four weeks you know he kept kept, I guess pounding into me the word righteousness you know and righteousness is a really really odd word for me uh, because when I think of righteousness I think you can, I can take it completely out of context from what Christ has For us, for righteousness, I can make it into what I would call self righteousness. You know, I can go through and I can look at all the inventory that I've had, all the good that I've done, all the bad that I've done, and look at those things and say, you know, for the most part, you know, it's really good. But there's still that little bit of bad. Um, And that's where I would say it would be more of a self righteous type thing. So, you know, I have to go back to what the Bible says, you know. How sin contaminates us all. You know, the Bible says that there was not one perfect being except God, except Christ. There's that only one perfect thing. Um, So if that's the case, if sins contaminate us from day one, we have to somehow get back to righteousness. Righteousness. So, you know, I looked at it from an Old Testament point of view, and I'm like, okay, well, what does that look like? So if you guys have your Bibles, I want you guys to look at this scripture. It's Psalms uh, chapter 1, 1 through 3. And I'll wait a second, and then we will read it. I like to do things on my own, as you guys have probably already figured that out, you know. So then, right at the last second, I usually consult God on things. (laughs) So I'm trying to get over that. Uh, but this is a great scripture for a guy like, like me. It says, uh, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. I think it's a great scripture. I think it's a kind of a meaty scripture too. You know, there's a lot to tackle in that. But I also think it's only half of the story. You know, that's an Old Testament scripture that's still relevant now. But if you don't have the New Testament to compare it to and to see, see what I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, you, will, I think you'll you'll understand it as I put it like this. This scripture gives me reason to try to be self righteous. Um, if I if I didn't have to. Rely on Christ to make me righteous, then this scripture tells me that if I rely on God's law and I do exactly what His law says, that I can earn my way to being righteous. Um, and I think that's the beauty of Christ, is that, you know, there's only a few men in the Bible that earn their way to righteousness without Christ. Um, doesn't really say anything about salvation, but talk about Abraham's bosom and, and David. And, and just So there's very few. Out of the thousands and thousands of people, there's only a few. So God steps in in one act, sends his son, um, and he eliminated the need for us to earn righteousness. And if that isn't a yay God moment, I don't know what would be. Um, in sending his son, though, I put this down. He's given us the ability to receive righteousness as a gift and not as something achievable by our own accord. You know, and, and that helps me out a lot because if I'm guilty of sin and I'm not perfect, I'm not clean, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get there unless I'm washed clean. And Christ does that. He died on a cross for it. He makes us perfect. I also put down that we are forgiven and through him we are made righteous. So if you get anything today, you need to understand that you're forgiven and Christ has made you righteous. Nothing that you could do. I mean, it's a gift. It's a present. It's it's nothing that you could buy. It's nothing that you can earn. It's just given to you. So then I go right to scripture. Like, okay, if that's the case, then I have to find something that's really going to back that up. So, uh, again, uh, Romans... Uh, it's chapter one, verse sixteen and seventeen, and I and I really like this uh, this translation. It says, "I am not ashamed of the gospel." And this is NIV, but in the message, it's really cool. They use the gospel is said. The message interpretation is God's powerful plan, and that really you know the gospel. Everybody, what's the gospel? Well, it's a book of love, but I love that it says it's God's powerful plan because it is such a powerful plan so i am not ashamed of the power of god's powerful plan because it is the power of god for the salvation of everyone who believes first the jew then the gentile for for in the god, in god's powerful plan a righteousness from god is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last just as it is written the righteous will live by faith So, you know, I I began searching, you know, through righteousness and what that what that looks like, you know. And I love this one too in Psalms five twelve it says, For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor and with a shield. Um, as I look at righteousness, you know, how do you achieve righteousness, but how do you hold it? How do you save it? Um, and I love that he surrounds us with a shield. And I put down as a little note that was like my aha scripture for the for the for this sermon. You know, um, I like it that he surrounds us with the shield. The shield is often thought of as like a defensive weapon. You know, people are attacking you; you've got a shield. You can put it above, behind, you know, by your side. But the interesting thing about a shield is, um, you know, it protects you, keeps you safe. But it's not just defensive. I mean, if you look at the Spartans, the Spartans locked their shields together on a battle line. And so they would step forward, step forward, step forward. And as they went, they were constantly advancing. So as you guys draw into God and draw into the favor, you have to understand that he puts the shield around you. He has the shield of favor that all you have to do is call upon. But it's not a passive shield. And it's not a defensive shield that you just stay in place. It's a shield that you can go forward and you can call on God's word and you can have it active. And you can have it active in the littlest things but also the biggest things. Um, I love one thing also about you know how they lock shields and if any of you guys are historians at all or have watched that, you know, they could actually replace the front shield line with the back shield. So they could actually go through, twist, come back, the guy behind them would step forward. Um, and think of that as God's shield. As, as you're moving, it's moving with you. You know, a new shield's going in place as you get to different ground in your life, whether it's spiritual, whether it's relational, whether it's financial, all these different things, you know, God has all these different shields to put in front of you. Um. And I, and I put here that that's where I'm at. I'm committed to, to locking shields and advancing, finally. You know, I've been advancing, I think, for the last three or four months. You know, I finally have got myself where, to a spot where I can actually move forward and not feel like I'm on, in, on the defense all the time. Um, and I want what God wants. You know, I want to know, I want what His Scripture says, that He surrounded me with favor, And with the shield. So in saying that, you know, I want His divine favor. I want what's best. I want God's best in my life. Um, And when I look at what is divine, you know, I I love when they call out favor. um, In uh, in Luke two fourteen, even the angels cried out in favor. It said, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men." Whom his favor rests. God calls out peace on men to whom his favor rests. It's like a cloak. It just covers them. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it also says, For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you. In the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you now it is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. I mean, God calls it out now. So you guys have to believe that this is current this is relevant this is the word says that this is yesterday today and tomorrow so all these scriptures they they apply today this isn't 2000 year ago speak this is 2010 speak Um, so what does God give us favor in and better put what doesn't he give you favor in he gives you a favor in everything um I love some of the scriptures that I read, but you know, some of the ones that really uh, have kind of and examples that have really come out was uh, like in health. I mean, everybody here knows somebody that's hurting, um, and I'm going to share a story. I was reading a story about a lady that was a diabetic, and uh, she kept calling out on God's favor. She said, "Her, her." Uh, I even wrote down her um, her prayer that she prayed every day for two years she prayed Father God I thank you that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus and because of that I am no longer a diabetic she had to do three or four shots a day they said that she was probably going to die in three or four years she called on that that scripture she synapsed all those scriptures down to that one prayer and she just believed and believed and believed so uh, she thought the end was near she was sick as a dog you know Ambulance comes, takes her to the hospital to do a bunch of tests. Doctor comes in, puts his hand on her shoulder, and, and, uh, and then he says, uh, Well, I don't know how to tell you this. And she's like, Oh, Lord, by, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. That's all she kept repeating and repeating in her head. And he says, You're having an allergic reaction to the insulin. And she's like, What do you. She says, So I have to switch? He says, No. You're not a diabetic anymore. I've never seen this before in my life. I have no idea how you went from this to this. That is amazing. I mean, that's a yay god experience, you know. And she just didn't she didn't plead with God. She just confessed it and believed it. You know, it was a divine moment for her, probably a, a shaping moment. Moment for, her. but she had to believe, you know. And but God wants those little things too. My boy, you guys, well, Kristen might not appreciate this. So I, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm at the kitchen table, and all I hear is Easton say, "Dad, I'm done." Now Kristen knows what that means. That means that my little three year old is done going number two. <laughs> now a little three year old, you know, he can sort of handle number two, but not that well. So. I go in and he'd been grumpy all day long, just a grouch, you know. So I'm in there in there taking care of him and he looks up at me, you know, and I put my hand on his head and I said, I have favor over you being sick and grumpy and you're not grumpy or sick anymore because he had like a little nose running. And, and so he gets his drawers back up. I said, what do you think? He said, I think good, dad. So this morning, you should have seen this kid come bounding down the stairs. He had the biggest smile on his face. I feel so much better, Daddy. I feel so much better. So, you know, it's those moments, those little moments that you think that Motrin can take care of, or Tylenol, or Triminic, or whatever. But standing on God's Word, standing on His favor. um, I like to to look back at... uh, at, like jobs, I mean, everybody. Lots of people are concerned about finances right now. You know, they're concerned about where their job is and what it's going to look like in a year or next week. Um, you know, and and that's a great that's a great thing to have a perspective on, as long as it doesn't take you over. Um, you know, I, you can pray over the littlest things like that. How about jo- how about raises? Yeah, I'm going to give you guys a scripture in a second here that you guys. Can pray over all these situations. How about relationships, marriages? Um, when times are tough, you know, the you, us guys, we tend to hurt the ones we love the most, which is usually our spouse, you know, or our kids, how we're raising our kids. Um, you know, us as guys, we like to shut ourselves off, anyways, you know, so that's just another way of doing it, another avenue that the devil can use. But you guys can speak life into it through God's favor. Um, how about salvation for extended family? I'm going to give you a scripture for that one right now. You guys know people or spouses that aren't saved even. Uh, kids that aren't saved. Uh, Acts 16.31. You guys will probably remember this one. This is in the jail. Uh, when, you know, it just The earthquake comes. Paul's hanging with Silas, was it? Is he hanging with Silas? I think he's hanging with Silas. I think so. He's hanging with Silas. You know, back in those days, the, jail, the jailer was responsible for all the prisoners. So when the earthquake came, you know, all the prisoners ran except Paul and Silas. So he was going to commit himself to uh, suicide. And Paul says, no, 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 we're still here, we're still here. So Paul got to preach to him. And Paul finally said, because of your faith, your, your family is saved. I mean, because of your faith, you guys can breathe life into it. You guys can claim what God's Word says, that your husband is saved, your daughter, your son is saved, and he's on fire for God. He's just not saved like that's that's Je- I know who Jesus is, and yeah, I'm saved because of him, but he's on fire for God. He desires that. He desires you to call on that favor, to stand on the Word of God. And to be bold when you do it, um, uh, let 's see uh, restoration I mean just restoring relationships. Um, I have a scripture here uh, I 'm not going to read it, but it 's 5413 give you guys some homework 5413 just on re- restoration of just relationships, uh, just in general, friendships, family, that sort of thing. Um, So this is a scripture that I wanted to, to, to read to you guys. Um, this is from the message, and it's Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. I think we're going to break it down a little bit. It's, it says, Grace and peace be to you many times over as you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus, our Master. So grace is, is the favor of God, right? Grace, blessing, the favor of God. Peace being everything else. What isn't peace? When he says, peace be unto you, peace in what? What's he talking about? He's talking about all of it. He's talking about health, spirituality. Uh, He's talking about prosperity, uh, financial prosperity, spiritual prosperity, freedom from depression, from fear, from anger, from addictions of all kinds. You know, the closet addictions that nobody wants to talk about. The ones that are wide in the open that everybody talks about. You know, the peace that he gives you encompasses all of that. And he says this, that he will multiply this many times over. I mean, that's amazing to me. I mean, he gives you peace not just for one moment. Many times over. Constantly. Constantly. And he makes it plain and simple. All you have to do is ask for it. All you have to do is declare it. You know, the the saying in the scripture that says, you have not because you've asked not. You know, it's kind of a uh, Cliff Notes version. Um, Your heart must be his heart, though. You know, it has to be selfless. But I think you need to declare favor in the smallest things. You need to get it out of your head. That God doesn't care about your parking spot. That he doesn't care about your clothes budget. That he doesn't care about your hunting spot. Doesn't care about your job. He cares about all of those things. I guarantee you that if you can commit those little things like that to praying that you get the deal on the can of corn so that E-Group doesn't break you and your budget... <laughs> when you're cooking for 12 or 20 people. I mean, he cares about all those things, from the littlest things to the biggest things. And as you practice those things about, Lord, I don't want to walk in the cold weather. I don't want to have my wife walk in the cold weather. Give me a good parking spot. Now, that is not one that I usually usually pray, because I really don't care where I park. But for my wife's sake, I'll pray that. you know and a lot of times we get that too she's like whoa there's one right up front I'm like yep (laughs) right in front Um, but I'm telling you you know it doesn't have to be everybody wants favor for a a healing because it's in your face you know it's, it's encompassing because that's all you can think about right I mean I know that I want favor in Bailey's life that autism is nothing else it's not of him you know it's not in him it's not part of him anymore you know that's the favor but that's in my face it's the little things though like praying for favor in a conversation at work then I'm able to speak to somebody about Christ to let we talk about this in eager let your actions be or let your words be few but your actions really show what Christ is like so praying for favor in those situations, those are the things that I guarantee you that God, he, he would he would say this. I think he would say you might think those think those things are little, but I think those things are monumental, because when you give me the little things, I know where your heart is. You do that; that's where you know where God is. You know, I put I put that he didn't. You know, he didn't die to. He died and he gave you the favor, the ability to it. He gave it to you so that you can live in it. But more importantly, I think, he gave it to us so we could embrace it. Because if we can embrace that part of him, then we can change our family history. Right? I mean, you can call out... I mean, I remember, you know, as as a boy growing up, you know, I... I was, uh, you know, my dad adopted me. A lot of you guys know Ron. But I always I always remembered, you know, whenever we get an argument, I used to always think, of, you're not my dad. <laughs> you know? I mean, but he is my dad, you know? But that's just how a, how, a, how a kid's mind works, right? You know? But I remember when I had Chelsea, and I remember sitting in the hospital room, you know, and I remember telling her that I would never, ever leave her. Never that you can you can break those family chains, you know, that you can call on Christ's power and his favor to sever that and to write a whole new history on your family and on your life. You know, your relationships and your family dictate who you are and what you'll become. And if you guys can get it right among your family, you guys can affect your job. You can change the world by changing your family. Um, let's see here, and I had just a couple other things here. Um, you know, I mean, I, I would. I think it, I think it's. Uh, it's like it. I think it takes something to. To come out of yourself. Um, When we talk about favor, a lot of people, they don't quite understand what that favor is. Um, I look at it like this. Kristen has visions. (laughs) She has dreams, you know. I don't get a lot of those things. But I pray for God's favor to be on her. And I pray that God would open up those things to me. Um, You know, to take something that somebody else has and to honor them by blessing them with the favor that God's bestowed on you, I think is great. And I think it's really beneficial. I think um, also, when we're able to do this, that we can truly love him with our mind, with our body, with our soul, with our strength. And that's that's what the key to everything really is, you guys, is the love that Christ has given us, is to stand on his word is to be bold enough to do it in all circumstances, not just when you're around a bunch of Christians, but to actually be able to stand there when you're not around a bunch of Christians and pray for somebody. Pray that God's favor would be upon them, that they are blessed and highly favored, like my buddy Barry always says. And I asked him the other day, I said, hey, you always say that. He says, "He says, yeah. He says most of the time I believe it. <laughs> Other times I'm just trying to convince myself that I am." <laughs> and I said, "You know what? That is an honest answer, though. That really is. I mean, as humans, that's kind of what we are, you know." Um, so that's that's my closing right there, you guys. Is that is that you guys are blessed and highly favored? Last week I talked about that conversation. It all starts with your conversation with God. You know, having the communication open to him. It should be an all day thing. You should be thanking him more than you're asking him or the same or something like that. I mean, I'm constantly asking, constantly thanking, constantly talking about God's favor to him. You know, just I want I want that. I want you guys to have that. If you guys feel disconnected, that's where it starts, you know. It's don't let the word of God be a disconnect for you. Let it be alive in you. Um, let that conversation flow, and let it drive you to places that you never thought you'd go. I mean, to seeing angels, you know, in a vision. You know, to adjusting your glasses and thinking it might be your eye stigmatism. You know? I mean, that's a, that, that's good stuff. Um, So, we're going to pray real quick. And I want you guys to kind of take inventory. You guys have to know what makes you righteous. If you guys haven't got to that point, that's the first place to start. Christ is your Savior. You know, He died for you, hung on a cross for you, came back from the dead just for you. And then from that point, it's calling on God's Word and making it active. Believe in it. Speak in scripture over sickness, over disease, over jobs, finances. Making it work. Walking it out, as we like to say. You know, let it be living and breathing. And let it be captivating. Let it be our passion. That we want to see what God has for us. And we want to bring it passionately to our friends and to our neighbors. So we're going to pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for just a glorious day. I thank you for your spirit. Lord, I would pray that you would give us discernment. And not only how to pray, but when to pray. It all. It's, scripture says we're to pray always and in everything. That we're also thankful, Lord, for the things that you have given us, Lord. Teach us how to maximize just the favor that you've entrusted for us. Help us to stand on it and stand behind it like a shield, but not to remain in one spot, but to push forward and to keep moving forward, Lord, so we can change our lives, so we can change our family's lives, so we can change history. Lord, I would pray that just as your word says, that God's grace and peace would be upon everyone here that the grace is all encompassing it's the favor and the blessing from you and the peace the peace that calms us down that eliminates our fear and our, our anxiety the peace that conquers health problems job problems parenting issues addictions, Lord, that that peace would just be, as your word says, overwhelming, and it would pass all understanding. Let us be bold with your word and with the favor that you've bestowed upon us. Let's not plead to you, but let us stand on your word. Let us demand it, because your word is truth. pray that the favor that you've placed on my life Lord would just be transparent that I would not be prideful that I would be humble with what you've given me and Lord I especially ask that our families would be saved our extended families would be saved and on fire for God so they can they can take over the rest of the world, Lord. That they can lead by example and that they would just rely on you. Father, we just love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory that we can, all the honor that we can. Help us to entrust the little things and the big things, Lord. And just reshape our lives. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right. That's it. Thank you, guys. All right. So I don't even. Oh, look at that. It's 1205. See, that's favor right there for you guys. You know? That is favor right there. Time to go home. You guys be blessed.